0: Welcome, welcome. This is Much Love with Kaoki, part of the Much Love family. My name is David, and across from me is a man I'm proud to call my friend Kaoki. Today's episode is a departure from the lighthearted content we enjoy providing. Today is going to be a deeply emotional journey of coping with the death of a loved one, Grief is a universal experience and it's important to know that you're not alone in what you're feeling. We're going to delve into the stages of grief and try to help you navigate these challenging times. So just kind of jumping into it, um, last weekend, uh, I, if you will, I, I lost my son. Um, my, I, I don't have you know, biologic kids, um, so my, my cat uh, was, was my son. Um, I had him for 16 years and he was there for, uh, you know, a large part of my life. And, you know, it's, it's been terrible. Um, you know, he, he was, he had his health issues for a while. He, he was a fighter and, and he kept around for a long time um and then finally his his body just gave up and we had to make the decision and you know he he was my cat so my my wife and I we we have our animals so the dog mm-hmm. is hers and the cat was mine and you know he was my shadow you know he slept next to me he followed me around he he talked to me he he was <laughs> he was he was mine So it really came down to me making that decision. And and that was, you know, I I guess, fortunately, um, it was something that, you know, it it was an easier call to make. You know, he he had renal failure. So it it was, you know, we we didn't want to put him through the the torture of, you know, getting dialysis and just that that wouldn't have been right for him. And, you know, it was last Saturday and I, I, I've been a wreck. You know, I've, I've cried every morning, every night. Um, you know, I, I, every time that I come across something that I do in my daily life from getting up in the morning, I would feed him, hear him talk uh, when I would take a shower, he would be you know he would come in and he would be right there. So just those kinds of things getting up in the morning and, and not hearing him, not seeing him. Um, you know I, I, I cry in the shower because I know when when I get out he's he's not there and you know uh, it, it's been it, it's been devastating and you know i I, i've got a support system around me um you know i my my friends really rallied behind me because they they know how important he was to me um and and, you know that that's been warming but you know there's there's no real way i mean and and that's why people say you know parents should never have to bury their kids um and, and i i know that there are people that the way they cope is to get another one, you know, get another animal. Um, but I, I, I can't do that. I, I don't think I can ever have another pet because I, I never want to do this again. Uh, I, I, I know that that sounds kind of crazy because there's uh, a positive life. You know, there was a happy life. And, and I should look at future opportunities to, to have that special part of my life. But at, at this point, the the devastation that I feel um, I, I just I, I don't think I can I can do that again. Um, I, I, I really haven't had much death in my life. you know I, I, my grandparents have all passed um, and, and those all were very difficult. Um, but this one's just hit me the most. and you know there, so there are, and I don't know if you're familiar with the, the five stages of grief. Yeah. Yeah. There's this, this psychological phenomenon called the five stages of grief. It it was done by this woman in the late sixties. And and she came up with these five things. Uh, First one is denial. So it's really the, I, I, it's it's dealing with the initial shock and you know, the impending death or loss you know it's it's hard to believe and you know you can reject the reality of the situation. so right. that's where the denial comes in. It's a a defense mechanism of this is not going to happen right then there's anger so that's where you start to feel this overwhelming intense emotions. Um, you feel resentful, and you start to ask questions like, "Why me? Why them?" And then the anger can be directed towards yourself, to others, to them, and, and to even a higher power. You know, why did you do this to him? Why did you do that to to me? Um, right. Then there's then there's the bargaining. So it's it's when you start to to strike a deal. So you, if, if I do this, please keep them you know, alive, please, um, mm. you know, keep them from, from going. Um, I, I, I promise to change if, if you can, you, you can do this for me. Um, right. And you know, there's, there's some kind of want to, to regain control over that. Um, and then there's the depression and, and that's, that's kind of where I'm at. So that's the feeling of sadness, of, of, of despair, and, you know, deep sense of the loss. Um, and then, you know, the, the final one is acceptance. So you come to terms with the reality of the situation. Um, and okay. and th- this kind of allows you to move on. But, and, not everyone goes through all of the stages and there's not, you know, that she's come up with these stages in a, in a progression that most people feel. Um, mm. But it's, y- you don't necessarily have to go through them in order. Um, so I, I didn't have an anger towards anyone for me. I, I just went to depression and, and that's where I'm at. This, this intense feeling of sadness of loss Um, in a feeling of emptiness Uh, and and you do things like socially withdraw um, you know difficulty concentrating like I I don't want to see anyone I I don't want to go to work Um, I I don't want to do anything Um, which which you know is it's tough because so I I just want to you know lay in bed and not do anything but it it's it's difficult because when I lay in bed, I'm not with them. So right. it, it it's it's tough to balance those things. Um, and, you know, I, I know that many people have to deal with this. And I, I know that, you know, we've kind of talked before and you've gone through this. And, you know, I, I definitely want to get, you know, some of your insight and, you know, find out how you've coped with it. Um, how you've been able to deal with it. You know, it's been some years, um, how it still impacts you. And, and then I, I kind of want to talk about, you know, what to do in someone's honor, in someone's memory. Um, and so I, I, I'd, I'd like to get into all of that. And, you know, that that's kind of where I'm at. So, you know, tell me about, I, I think you mentioned it was your father that passed that, that had a, a real big impact on you.
1: Yeah, it was it was definitely my dad, but I mean, it's crazy cuz this is like one of the the big big vulnerable subjects because I've one one person who has never been great at dealing with things, you know, especially emotionally uh going through, you know, we've talked a story about how my my life was and everything and it was a pretty crazy life emotionally, um psychologically, just spiritually. My life was really crazy and to learn to accept it and go through all things you, know, you you tend to do things that uh you um like let's say people will start something else to try to take their mind of it or some people when something traumatic like that happens they they dive into work or they right. they so like that's always been, I've been the guy who dives into work and just tries to like, just don't look at it because then if you look at it, it's going to, it's going to, you're going you're gonna to cry. It's going to, it's going to literally break you down. And the yep. depression of that is really unbelievable. I always try to like, like, don't focus on it. It is it, it, almost like I would say, I, I guess it's like a defense mechanism to psychologically force myself into the acceptance stage. You mean like you have to accept it? It is what it is. You know, it's one of those things where I tried to always do that because going through the grief stages really was very emotional. Because once again, just just uh, I think the buildup of emotions that I've been through in my life, I, I became a very emotional thing, especially a loss of things that uh, that we, especially if we didn't have it. You know what I mean? Uh, right before. Father passed, I, I started to, you know, gain that relationship with our parents. And sometimes, you know, I think about how my dad was like just trying to be the best parent that he could be, you know? Right. All right. the mistakes, but it isn't until that they start to, you know, as all of us, we start to mature, we realize our mistakes and we try to do better for our mistakes and kind of give the, you know, I'm sorry or whatever, we to do what we have to do. But uh, as my dad was, he got diagnosed with cancer in uh, 2016. My dad, uh, um, uh my mom called me one day uh was telling my dad was falling down uh just out of the blue mm. he would just fall and then um i got my sister then to go to the hospital and uh found out my dad had a, a tumor in the back of his head right where his spine met his his uh skull so that was throwing off his equilibrium so it was not then that we they took my dad and he got diagnosed with cancer then came back and started to actually get a bigger deeper relationship with my dad you know mm-hmm. right around that time i guess that when of like you don't have much time to say sorry anymore so you got to kind of say sorry you know yeah. and um just went through the stage of really talking to my dad in depth you know really i guess it was the 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 most time i've ever had to really get to know who my dad was he was just a an authority figure if you know what i mean that uh yeah no absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. So my dad was just that authority figure. I, we used to tease and have the old, old, old joke and say that, you know, my, my dad was like God and my mom was Jesus. And if my, <laughs> mom, my mom wanted to sacrifice you to God. He could save you or he could let you go. You know? Like yeah, So yeah. sometimes mom be like, you wait till your dad gets home, right? And then she'll tell your dad. So my dad was really that authority figure, that guy who you never talk to him because my dad had the old, back in the day you know, children are seen and not heard you know and that's not your place to be with adults and this and this and my dad was really a sh- stickler about that
0: you didn't get to see the human side of him until you know it was much till time, he was much yeah
1: until he was dying yeah i didn't get to see that until i i saw it. and then i that's when i really realized to like my dad was just as human as because i thought he was some superhero you know yeah, so I was like, absolutely you know? my dad was the guy who could do anything in the world and if he wanted to he could probably move You know, like that was what I, how I looked at my dad growing up Mm -hmm. and, um, to realize he was human later was like a really, really big thing for me. Cause like, wow, like, holy crap. You know what I mean? Like you just, just didn't realize your dad was vulnerable the whole time. You know, um, then my dad started to get sick more and more. Then when it came down to the day, I think the biggest one for me was the day that, uh, the day that my dad passed, um. I, I flew from Georgia to Hawaii, had to go and spend, uh, I was living at the house of my mom and dad, just kind of staying there with them. My right. dad had a hospital bed in the living room and I would sleep on the living room couch just in case my dad needed anything or anything was going on. And uh, every day family would come over um, and visit my dad. Mind you, my dad My dad got diagnosed in November of 2016 and he died December of twenty eighteen. Oh,
0: it was that quick.
1: Wow. Yeah, it was, he literally had like 12 months, 12 and a half months, he was gone um i watched my dad deteriorate fast like uh-huh. his body went down to yeah i mean he made gandhi look fat you know what i mean he was damn it was all bones his body went down to literally a skeleton was and, he doing chemo yeah he was doing chemo it just wasn't working this just it just well by the time so they said that um they found the tumor in his head and, uh, you know, cancer metastasizes, it goes through your body. So they said that cancer never starts in your head. It starts somewhere else, and then it metastasized up to the rest of the body. So basically the cancer spread to my dad's head. So when they did the, uh, like all the tests they needed to do, they found out that his his uh, cancer started from his lungs, and it had already spread through his whole back, down from his waist oh, all fuck. the like he was so far, I mean, if, if there was anything past stage four, stage five, I mean, he was probably like stage nine. Like he was like,
0: right, right. there was,
1: it was nothing to do. Yeah. Yeah. They they said, all we can do is do the chemo, see if we can slow it down, but he's already at the inevitable, you know? So, um, we had to accept that for that one year, that year was one of the toughest years because we still had our dad. He was still talking to us and everything like that. But every once in a while you start to see him losing weight you could see the physical effects Mm-hmm. Of the cancer and that, so it broke us down a little bit more. But um the the day that my dad, uh, once again, that was all one year, and one year can fly by fast, you know. Right. As we learned after COVID, for some reason our years are dropped down to three months because that's how long it feels a year is now.
0: It goes um, quickly.
1: Yeah. So I went home. I was helping my mom take care of my dad every night. My mom would wake me up in the morning and say, "I think it's time," and then I would sit up with my dad, and my dad would look at me and say, "It's not time." And I but, but, but mom says this, my dad says, just never mind your mom you know so my mom mm-hmm. was just she was like really diving into that I I need to you know it's it's I guess she couldn't accept that he was gonna die so she would always jump to the you know jump to the end and say I think he's dying now I think he's dying now I think he's dying now and I think she wow, would
0: that, do that 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 must have been devastating for her to to be in that hyper vigilant stage of this is it this is it this is it. I mean, that right. must have been extremely taxing.
1: Oh, yeah. I think it was just my mom, like, dealing with her fears, right? You know, that's the fear of this is going to happen. And she wasn't accepting it yet, but she was hoping it would happen now because, like, okay, I'm tough. I'm ready. I'm ready. Then it happened now. And then it didn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. I think she would keep telling herself it's going to happen now. It's going to happen now. So she could find moments where she could try to find, you know, emotional, psychological strength, you know? And then – um, one morning, uh, it was uh, December 3rd, uh, 2017. My mom woke me up at like 1 I think it's time. And <laughs> I did the whole like, oh god, here we go, here we go again, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I went through this for like, god, like two, three months with my mom, of every day her waking me up. It's kind of like the, the boy who cried wolf, you know, right? And right. I, I would go, I would get up and I would get I was like, oh my god, oh my god. And then, but this time I, I got up and um, my dad kind of had that look in his face, and said, I, I think it's time. And I was like, "Oh man!" And then that's when reality strikes, right? Right. Oh, now yeah. you have to sit there, and then I guess now the hardest part was it had to be a selfish, selfless thing because I had to let him help him cross. You know what I mean? I guess if that's the that's the best way to say it, to help him slip into what was the inevitable, what was going to happen, because now he had that fear, and it's the first time I ever seen my dad scared.
0: Wow the most sorry. human part of him came out
1: sorry one second
0: no no it's all right man this is this is a tough one
1: yeah that was the first time i saw my dad Just scared my dad's been the toughest guy in my life um so i was holding my dad's hand my dad was just looking at me and I was like, you can go, dad. You know, like, it's all good. You're good. Me and mom are here. You know, we're good. And then he looked at me and he said, I don't know how. Wow. I mean, it's not like we ever dealt with death like that. You no, know, we had no. Grand- grandparents die. You have all these things like that. But to to sit there and hold someone's hand and reassure them in the hardest step they have to take.
0: In their true. life.
1: Yeah. So he didn't know what to do. I had to hold his hand. And I think the biggest thing for me at that moment was I realized why my mom brought, my dad brought me home. Mm-hmm. Now The whole year that my dad was going through his treatments and everything I did, all my brothers and sisters were home in Hawaii. I think it was me and my one, so half of us were there. So three siblings were there. Three siblings were in the States. I was in Georgia. My sister's in Washington and my brother's in California. And um, I would always talk to my dad on Facetime all the time, every day. We'd talk to my dad, see how he's doing, and then my mom would be like, "It's time for you to come home. Time for you to come and spend time with your dad." Mm-hmm. And then my dad would be like, mm, "No, son, it's not time." He says, "I'll let you know when it's time." So, but I would talk stories with my dad online, right. just just Facetime for hours. You know, never had that time with my dad. So we'd just talk and talk and talk about life, talk about life, and then. Um, <laughs> My mom would always say, it's time to come home, time to come home. Then uh, my dad was like, I'll let you know. Then one day, like my mom was like on the phone. And she's like, you know, he's like, your father's getting worse. You need to come home now. You need to come home now. And I'd always ask my dad, well, dad, is it time? And my dad would be like, no, no, no. And then it was that one time when my dad said, yeah, I think it's time, son. So um, I came home and uh, my dad wanted me to help him out with all his, his VA stuff, all of his, uh, you know, all of his... Um, things that he need to take care of in life, you know, before he passes and everything from making sure things are switched over to my mom and everything like that. And the night that my dad was dying and I'm holding his hand, it was the moment that I realized that none of my brothers and sisters were going to give him peace. The only thing he needed was peace, peace and assurance. I think a big thing for a lot of humans, they say when they're passing is assurance, assurance that what they left behind they, cause you know, they they have that sense of like that, um, you know, they're, they're sad because they they're maybe they have responsibilities. They have things that need to happen in just this, this moment. You know what I mean? And they they don't know what's going to happen. You know they're they're more afraid of what's going to happen to others than them. You know what I mean?
0: No, absolutely. And, and you provide that comfort of you've you've lived a great life. You've provided for your family. You've 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 done this. You you did this for us, and you brought us to to happiness. Now, now it's time for you to find peace. And, and that's, that's, that, I mean, that, that's too much sometimes. I mean, but, but it, it, at that point, it's, it's partly for you, but it's more for them. So you, you just, and my, my dad is, um, he's very matter of fact, he's a physician. So he, he's dealt with, you know, death, you know, numerous times, a, right. and he he definitely was emotional for me, and, and he cried. Um, but he he said, "You have to man up for them," and that that was tough. You um, know, I, I you can't talk. I mean, you you don't really have conversations with with an animal. And right, right. You, you can't have that expression um and you know it, we we put him to sleep and the night before you know he he slept on me and you know it 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 was the last bonding moment that i had and, right. and you know it it shook me and thinking about it you know is 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 real tough i mean it's still very fresh so so that that's that's part of why it's real difficult for me um and sorry sorry go ahead no 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 and the the since it's fresh you know it's it's an open open sore you know it's and it's like every time i think of him I'm pouring salt in the wound and it, it, I know it's not like that. I'm, I'm going to find peace with it. Just, just not yet. And I, I hope, I, I, I truly hope that, that he knew he was loved and that what he brought, to me was he added to my life more than almost anything. Right. And I, I, I hope he understood that, you know, I, I, you can't talk with them to, to, to know, but I, I hope he knows he was loved and, I hope he knows that I know he loved me. Right. And that's all we can do. We, you know, I, I, I held him when he took his last breath and part of me died with him.
1: Right. And
0: I, I, I don't know. I mean, how, how, I, I mean, I can tell from talking to you that it it it's still fresh. And you know, just a, a quick kind of thing aside, you know, I I, I knew that this episode was going to be extremely tough, and I I knew that that it was going to to break us down. Um, but I the the hope was that it would be cathartic. You know the selfish hope would be that it would, it would help me process, um, right. And then there's the the hope that you know other people can can listen to this and, and understand that you know they're not alone. You know, too, we we come from completely different backgrounds and we still experience death with these these deep heart you know uh painful feelings um and we know that that we'll get through it um so you know for you what at what point did did it start did did you finally get that that last stage of of acceptance
1: i just i don't think i ever did you know it's one of those things like i said i just i was the guy who always dove into work to try not to Deal with things, you know what I mean? I, I just I've always had the hardest time dealing with it because of the emotional and downs of my life, and uh, it was never because if I, if I literally sat there and dealt with everything I went through with my life, I, I probably would have committed suicide a long time ago, that's you know. That's true, that's just true. one of those things. Like, I had to find a way to do it, which is it's not healthy, not definitely not healthy, but it was the only thing I knew, you know, that, that I could do. The only thing I had was trying to trying to run from, things, you know what I mean? Um, Stay
0: occupied.
1: Yeah, so my brother um, was the, the greatest. So me and my brother were like the two opposites. That was crazy because I came home to give my dad peace. And um, I, I just knew that I had to find the selflessness in me to give it to him, right? It's kind of like we talked that one time about giving forgiveness. Forgiveness is given. Forgiveness isn't taken, right? So somebody mm-hmm. has to forgive somebody. And I guess I was the one... That was willing to forgive my dad for all things that we've been, through. we've been through hell. You know, what I mean? we talked about our right. stories and stuff like that. So when I was holding my dad's hand, and like I said, my dad wasn't—he um he didn't know what to do. I just looked him in the eye and I said, "You know, Dad, you did the best you could. Could life have been better? Yeah. Could you have made better decisions? Probably. But you know what? We dealt the the cards were dealt, and we played our hands. You know what I mean? So I just looked at him and said, "You know what? Mom will be fine. I got mom." You can go. So is that I had to kind of, like you said, knuckle up for him, right? So I know he needed that peace. He needed that peace right. to go. Now, my brother was the complete opposite. My brother lived in California. Every single one of the kids came home except my brother. I offered really? to pay for my brother to come home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I offered to pay for my brother to come home. He didn't come home. He's like, no, no, no. He started to get to this. He started going through his grief. Or his grieving uh, uh, like stages, like before my dad died, like he was already deep into it. He was at the point of anger. Like I told my brother, said, "Look, we, we need to bring you home. Dad's dying right now. Dad's waiting for you." And he says, "No, no, I I need you to to pay for my wife to come home." And I was like, "No, I don't have. We don't have the money for that." And my brother didn't have. money. I said, "I have enough to buy your plane ticket. This is your father. We need you to come home." She needs to understand that you have to come home for your dad. And he was like, no, no. And then, so he would get mad and angry and he would yep. yell at us. And it's because he was just, eventually we realized he was just bouncing at us. You know what I mean? That's was, one of
0: the stages. That's anger. I see yep. it.
1: Yep. So he was doing that. And then um, my brother never came home. And um, our dad passed. Um, And um, later on, years later, I talked to my brother. And that he was just like, he said, I was afraid if I went home he would die. And I was hoping that if he was waiting for me, if I never came home, he would still be here. And yeah. it was the stage of like, once again, like you were saying that denial, right? He was in that stage of denial and anger at the same time. You know what I mean? And he was fighting through that and fighting through that and fighting through that. And he says, I just didn't want to die, which was just the opposite of me. Cause I had to learn to be selfless. My brother was trying to be selfish. You know, what I mean? it was for. Yeah. He said, I didn't want him to die because I wasn't ready for him to die. He said, well, that wasn't your choice. That was what you needed to do was help him or help our dad go through his passing. So all the kids came to see him, gave our love, reminisced the good times of love that we've had. And it's all for him because he's going through the scariest stage of his life, my dad wasn't accepting that you're dying you know that you're gonna die and you're not you're gonna go to sleep and not wake up you know it's yeah. it's that fear inside and i think for us it was that him. but we watched my brother go through and today it eats him alive my brother will call me sometimes and cry and said i can hear dad in my sleep you know it's like well it's that's that's your conscience you know speaking to you of what you probably should have or could have done but i mean unfortunately i mean unfortunately my brother's he's getting better a little bit better i mean my uh-huh. dad yeah Time will, oh my God, does time help with forgetting? You know, it's just one of those things, sometimes things that we want to forget and sometimes things we don't want to forget, you know? Um, it is what it is. But my brother's been dealing with it and he dealt with it, like you said, the opposite side, which really it took him down a way worse path than we all went through. We are accepting and and being at that last stage with my dad. Me and my brothers and sisters helped us to deal with it a little bit better, I think, but with my brother staying in constant denial for years, even after my dad passed, my brother thought we were playing jokes on him, really yeah, he didn't want to believe it. he just refused to believe that our dad died
0: oh that that's that's hard I mean that I mean to to be in his shoes to 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 be so so stuck in, in the grieving process that you, you, you can't get out that that's, that's terrible for him. I, 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 I truly feel for someone that, that's, that's stuck in in this, this cycle. You know, I, I think, you know, people find, find ways to dig out of it. You know, people find, you know, their work, their loved ones, um, you know the, the, there are ways to. You know, some people seek professional help. You know that 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 helps. You know, <laughs> right? I, I've got I've got my team of therapists that, that <laughs> have been there for me. Um, and, and like I said, I I have friends and family that have have stood by my side and you know know that that this is my journey. This that they can't they can't do this for me and they can't get me through this any quicker than I'm able to do. And, and that, that's the challenge you have with your brother. You know, he, he, he can't get through it. You can't get him through it, uh, you know, quicker. You can't do it for him. Right. And he, he has to do it in his own time. And and that, that's, that's, it sounds really rough to, to experience it for that long.
1: Yeah. And you know, I'm sure I, I feel for him. Right. Right. And I'm sure it was like for just for me, like we had talked before, you know, after all, everything happened. And it's like, he, like I said, my dad was the rock, you know, sometimes the rock can be a nuisance. Sometimes it can be a good and a pot and a negative thing, you know, and we've lived through that negative with my dad. But the one thing we knew was that he was that constant, you know, he was that thing that you can rely on 200%. Like my dad was that rock. So for my brother, it's almost like your house falling out from underneath you. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, like the the very strength of the bones of your foundation. Like, like, like your your cat. Like, see, people and their animals and stuff. They hold a foundation in us emotionally. They hold a foundation, something that helps us up every day. It's that that yearn to love something and be loved back. It's that that connection that we have with our pets, with our loved ones that like that's what creates that, you know, like you said, the hard part about going the stages of denial is that 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 foundation has been so strong. And then when it breaks, it's 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 everything everything goes into chaos. You know, you don't know what to do. Your 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 mind goes breaking because now you go into one of the greatest fears that humans have and that's the unknown. Because now I don't know how tomorrow's gonna to be without my best friend. I don't know how tomorrow's gonna to be without my father. I don't know what it's gonna be like. And that's the biggest fear. Even them dying, my dad dying. Like he he didn't know what was gonna happen. That's what his biggest fear was. I don't know how to die. But I, I don't know what to do. There's a sense of instability and, and unknown, right? We, we we know we wake up every day. You go to sleep, you have this thing that we we take it I take for granted that I'm going to so wake, we're gonna up in- wake up and yeah. But then now when you're faced with the reality, I'm not waking up. I don't get to see the loved ones that I've seen my whole life. The ones you loved, the ones you took for granted up, you know, and then you think to yourself like, this is, this is scary. It's the scariest thing in the world. And, and for me, I guess, I think I realized, like I said, at that moment is how to be selfless versus selfish and to understand like there's a moment when they're yeah I can care about my emotions and what what's up for me and this and that's that. But it was at that moment I needed to be strong for him for for my yep. dad for that. But the crazy thing is like you were saying how, you know, like the night before um uh, you can't he you they slept he slept with you and then you know just kind of just laid there with you. Like I had a, a friend two weeks ago lost their dog. They had their dog for like ooh, I want to say like 18 years or something like that oh. 17 18 years and um they have other animals in the house there's like a total of five animals five dogs they're all five dogs and um throughout the last couple months the old dog and he was just old he was like he he's just old right. and um he had medical problems and everything like that but um it got to the point where you know he was just pooping everywhere you know kind of the, you could see the deterioration right right but all the other dogs would like lay down with him and although he was the grumpy dog in the house, because he was the old man, he would be grumpy and, and he would bark all night long. And they were really? just like just but it was like a to me when. Uh, so it's my this is my my ex wife, uh, her family, and I would be talking to my ex wife. We're just you know we're good friends we're talking story, and he would just be. like... Ooh it was just like (laughs) last bar he was just barking she's like oh my god he won't shut up oh my god he won't (laughs) all day and he was just and i think he was just giving his last breaths and his last everything and then um they said that they went he went to see the uh the the night before he slept with the uh, the owner was uh, my ex-wife's sister that was her dog and um uh he slept with her, laid with her, licked. You know, they kind of did their thing, really, really. And then he passed that night when he was sleeping. And then they're like, like these animals know when it's time, whether they can communicate with us or not. They know it's that time. They know when it when it when it comes, and and they they make sure that they will give us that love, like you know, to get it. You know, whether we understand it or not. You know, yeah, it's one of them things. So I guess it's kind of their way of saying bye. You know.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, I. It was, it was. It was the right decision. It was the hardest decision, to say this is time. You know, he he didn't die in his sleep. Um, it was, it was my decision that he he had lived a good life. And it was time. So, you know, doing that was, like you said, selfless. You know, right. I, I could have been selfish and just kept things going so that he was still there with me. Um, mm-hmm. And that wouldn't have been right. Wouldn't have been fair to him. And it was, it was more about him. This was... This was for him. And, you know, it, it's, I, I, I manned up for that time. I, 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 put one foot in front of the other and just did it without thinking, knowing that, that this was going to hit me like a, a brick house falling from the sky. And it did. And I'm, I'm still stuck under that house and, and, You know, I, I, so my, my history, you know, uh, we, we've kind of touched on it, but I, I don't deal with emotions very well. You know, I, I've, I've, you know, in the past, you know, I, I've been suicidal. I, I've, I, I I haven't coped with things when I get overwhelmed. Um, you know, I use drugs to, to help. Um, get me through or to to dull those senses and I just didn't cope with things well so much so that you know my wife made me um, you know we have a, a, a gun in the house so uh-huh. she wanted me to get it out of the house and that that's tough you know to 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 think that you know, my family is, is that concerned about me, you know, doing that. Um, but I, I, I did it, you know, I, I, at least I, we were going to do it, but I, I, I convinced her that, that, that wasn't the path I was taking, you know, since, since I've been clean, you know, I, I've felt the feelings that that's one of the things that the, the program that I'm in has taught me is to, to feel the feelings and you'll get to the other side. You know, you'll, you'll make it through your, you're stronger than you think you are. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm still, still fighting to to process that because like I said, I, I cry every morning and, and every night and everything, you know, reminds me of him. Um, right. And, and I, I don't know how, how long this is going to last. You know, I, I I don't know when the time will come for me to find peace within myself to be able to move on. And th- there's no way to know. There's there's no guidelines for that. You know, you you go through it on your own time, and there's no set you know you need to follow this this schedule you know right. two weeks after you're you should be fine and you know, everybody goes through these stages you know in their own time and their own order um and i'm i'm just stuck in this depression stage you know where everything is you know emotionally overwhelming um and I, like I said, I have, I have friends that have tried to, to get me out of myself, you know, to, to occupy me, you know, and right. the ability for you to delve into your work, you know, that, that keeping you occupied, I'm sure, right. you know, you, you, might look at it as a, a misdirection, you know, that I, I, I hid from my feelings, but no, it, it's, it's a, a healthy coping mechanism. I, I, I can't concentrate, so it, it's not something that that I can readily just delve into and and not not get stuck. Um, and, and you know, I, I have to be realistic with myself. You know, I'm in a very emotional guy, and you know the 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 idea of um, of me being in this only for a week is I I have to be realistic with myself. You know, it's going to take me a lot longer. And, you know, it, it, you know, I I can tell with you that, you know, there are things that that can bring this up to the surface even after time. So even after you found acceptance, you, you can, you can be brought right back to it. And, you know, that says something about us as humans, you know, that, that, that that's something about us as you know humanity, you know, that that we're right. we're capable of moving forward, but capable of still feeling and we're not cold. You know, that there are I guess there are people that are cold, that that don't process, that they don't they don't care. Um but you know, us, you know, the the two of us, our, our family, our friends, the people that we're close with, they're humans. And, and they'll experience and they have experienced this the same range of motions. And, and you know, maybe maybe that's the key for me is, is to to share, to to share this pain. And not that that didn't sound right. Not not to share the pain, but to share the the how the pain has affected me and how it's affecting me. And maybe by doing that, that, that'll keep me occupied. Um, you know, just talking about things, um, you know, right now, again, because I'm, I'm just in, in in the thick of things, you know, I, I can, I can go from zero to a hundred in, in a heartbeat. I I can, I, I can get teary eyed and, you know, I, I could ball over this episode. You know, this this is this is such a uh, a terrible place to be in, and to know that you know what this is life. This is you know you have to show up, and this isn't going to be the first one. You know, we as long as you have friends, family, loved ones, people you care about that you're going to, you're going to hit this, this wall over and over again. Um, and I, I hope that with each one, you gain a little more um, perspective and insight and it might make things a little easier, but no, when, when it comes time to, to let that person go, to let my cat go for you to let your father go. Um, there's, there's no way of getting around that, you know, that, That's one of the hardest things that, you know, that, that I've, I've come across, you know, I've, I've done a lot of difficult things in my life, but, but it, it feels it out. It definitely feels that this is almost insurmountable. Um, But I, I, I know that, that it's not, you know, I, I, I see people that have dealt with this, you know, unfortunately, you know, our, our, as we get older more and more people die so right. that's that's just the 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 life you know the the life is is unfortunately it comes to an end i and, think and, no
1: go oh, ahead, sorry, go ahead. I, I was thinking and one of the most important things like you were just saying is like it, it's like trying to find that community that's gonna help us. So you said that that things that that help, you know, me talking with my clients and me going through the things that I've gone through and talking about. Like you said, now that you think about what you were saying it's like that was it. I would I would share my experience with my clients. And and my clients became my soundboard you know, the people that I could bounce my, my voice off of everything, my like my problems, everything I went through. And, and thank God, I just have some great clients that are just great people. I mean, we're all human. You go through it, you know, but um, uh, like I was able to have that, although I see of it as work, you know, cause it was work. That's how I make my money. But at the same time, every day I have somebody different to talk to every day. I have somebody Bounce, like they're like, How are you doing? What's going on? Then you know, explain to them, This is what happened. My dad passed, and this and this, and you get the reassurance from people. It's about that community that we have to reach out to. You know, our friends and everyone, we just gotta, like you said, not that they need to solve anything for us, but to just hear us so we can deal with it better. You know, we, we have all the solutions, we have all the answers we need to just be it's, it's just a hard going through that process by yourself, right? So to have that was really a big thing that I think saved my life, you know, was having people like that and then, and everything at the time, my, my wife at the time, who was one of the biggest, uh, biggest supports that I had through all of that, you know, everything. And, but to me now I look at it as, uh, I think one thing that's helped me through everything. I mean, it's always going to hurt. The pain of remembering the loss, right? Like you said, we can, we'll, we'll, it'll, we'll eventually forget, but in our, in our heart, we'll never forget the emotion, the feelings that we had when it happened. But I try to look at my dad now, like what. Not necessarily what to do something for him, but what did I? What did I gain or grow from it? You know, I I've realized the strength of my dad, the sense of humanity, understanding how my dad was the rock foundation. And to see him vulnerable, and to understand that even going through vulnerabilities in life, it's okay for me to be vulnerable. It's okay for me to hurt inside and try to look tough and strong for everybody on the outside. You know that this isn't something that that's abnormal you know i went through this my dad i realized my dad went through it and i thought my dad was the strongest thing in the world you know and i realized my dad was just as vulnerable as i am my dad could cry just like i could my dad yeah. could, could have regrets and mistakes just like i could that he wasn't so i learned that to accept people or to i guess be empathetic and 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 more loving to people going through that and, and i think if i Carried that, it might be like a homage to my dad. Kind of the, the lesson I learned through that: um how to be selfless, to know when is the moment for me to be me. You know, be nice, you know, extroverted, Kioki that's always doing things. But then right. when when do you have to become the the the, the drummer human. and yeah, the human, the human? When do you have to when do you have to step back and be human or just not be the dominant figure and, and understand that okay, it's not about you right now. You know what I mean? And that even comes in life. You know, when I'm talking to my ex-wife as we were dealing with our problems as friends after we got through our, our divorce and everything, that, just to talk to each other as human beings and to know when, Kyoki, you should just shut up and stop talking about your side of the story and just listen to hers. You know what I mean? To understand that it's not always about me and when to take that moment. And I think it's, it's helped me going through that with my dad. It was one of the toughest things I've ever gone through. But it helped me gain so much more as in love, compassion, empathy, sympathy. So many different things in this world that I've learned to accept. And I try to push that because when I push that, hopefully my dad will be proud. You know what I mean? And so I kind of look at it that way. Because like like your cat, like would know that you you gave all that love. You gave that everything to them. And the one thing that they would want is for you to keep doing that. You know what I mean? Because they felt loved. They felt that, you know.
0: And they want us to to feel loved and, and and to know that they appreciated us and that it it goes both ways that that they loved us as much as we loved them and that 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 brings tears to your eyes you know to to take their side in, in the midst of all of this you know it, it's it, it's real difficult you know and and something else that i I, i've kind of found so the there are people there's a a, a organization called lap of love and they come out and they you know they they put my cat my cat his name is marley Um, okay they put marley to sleep and this is what they do and i i couldn't imagine to be the person that this is what i do all day is put animals to sleep and oh. and i i've asked them before and I, I asked the vet that that did it you know for for one of our other animals how how, how can you do this this is this is something that would be the most miserable part uh, of my life right and and they looked at me and said this is the biggest gift that I I've had in in my professional life because I get to give peace Mm -hmm. and you know, I, I thought about that for people that, that do hospice, you know, all you see is death and they, they look at it completely different and they look at it as we bring peace to family and to the, the, the patient. What a, what a wonderful thing that we can do. That that kind of helps me process things, you know. That, right. But they're at peace, um, and you know, it if they can be at peace, you know, eventually we can be at peace, and and that that's that that's difficult. That, that that's difficult to process, and right. you know, um it's it's a a deep emotion to have um and then there's the 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 last part is you know and and this is something that where you have get to step up and it, it's honoring the memory of a loved one and, and yeah. how that brings closure to people so in tattoos uh, i'm sure that there is that you know, a significant part of the tattoos that you do are for people doing it for loved ones and somebody that dies and this is how they want to remember them. And you get to bring people that closure, that, that peace. Um, you know, I, I think that's a wonderful thing. You know, I, I'm sure you have tons of stories about, about people that had, that this is, I, I'm getting this done for, in memory of, of my loved one. Um, I mean, y- you must have tons of stories about about people doing that.
1: Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard stories of people who have lost their children to who have lost the other loved ones, elders, uh, um, animals also just like you. Uh, everybody who's very, very important. And that's the thing about tattoos is they're, you know, the permanence of them It's the permanence of the remembrance, you know, why, why they were important to us, what, what they meant to, uh, the tattoos give that piece because not only does it help them deal with the moment that has happened, but it helps them to feel like they carry a piece of that person with them or that, 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 that loved one with them forever, you know, and, and, and that, that it's not a full sense of loss because even if i i uh, um mm-hmm. go through stages in life where i f- tend to forget the good times sometimes we we do that we go forward in life so far you you forget what happened you know and right. this is the permanence that it'll it'll be a permanent reminder of the love and the connection that you had you know what i'm saying with with uh, that person you know what i'm saying so yeah. i think it's great i think it's great it's, it's it's one thing that i love the most you know
0: i uh... My my friend had a portrait done of of uh, a um, a pet that passed, and I I don't think I could get a portrait. I, I I think that would just that would that would tear the wound open every time I saw it. Um, right. I, I I just don't think I'm strong enough to to do something like that. You know, I, I'm I'm thinking about you know just. You know, maybe just having the the first initial of his name done. and you know that 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 will keep the memory with me, just like you said. it, it, it doesn't it doesn't close the memory. It keeps it there. and it keeps it not fresh as in fresh pain, but you know, hopefully, you know the, the the hope is that it brings a constant reminder of happiness. And uh, you know that that's that's the ideal. That that's that that's what we hope for. We hope that at some point the pain goes to goes from the memory goes from being pain painful to happy thoughts. You know, right, the, right. These are the the good times. we had. Such incredible times together that it should bring a smile to your face, not tears. And I, I think, you know, that that's probably, you know, now that I'm saying it, that that's, that's probably the way to look at it, that the memories bring a smile and not tears. And, right. and, you know, that that's what I hope for. I, I hope that I, I I'm not stuck in this depression. You know, I, I, I hope that with time I'll get to I'll, I'll get past the the depression and get to. Remembering the good times. Um, I, 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 to be honest, I, I don't know how. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still in the thick of things, so I, I can't see that far, that far ahead. I can't see out of the, the, the trench. You know, um, I can't see out of the hole. You know, I'm, I'm deep in the well, and you know, it's, it's there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. You know, constantly looking to see if, if there's a way that I can get out of the, the well. You know, I, I, but it it just feels like I'm constantly looking up and, you know, I'm, I'm real deep in it still. Um, you know, I, I I don't know how long it takes to, to get, to get out of the, the hole and get to the, the light and get to the point where you are living a life that the loved one that you lost would want you to have. Mm, Right. No, I hear
1: you. It's just that the faster we can get to that point, you know, where we're just, you know, we're accepting that and, and knowing that we got to move on and do all that kind of stuff. That's just that's when we can get closer and closer to it, you know, to just just moving forward with it. They let's say, let's say when, when you when you first get into an accident, first fall down, you're going to hit the ground. You're going to be in the lowest point of view. It isn't until we stand up that we can really see the bigger point of view later. So like you said, it's hard. Sometimes when we, we fall down, life hits us hard. You know, the loss of these loved ones and the loss of these things hits us hard. You know, it, it, it's like sometimes you hit the ground, you just get the wind knocked out of you. You know, and yeah. that's what loss is. You know? So it just takes time for us. Sometimes we just have to sit there and just breathe, just breathe and, and understand it is what it is. And then, like you said, like we were saying, just finding the love, finding the things to remember, you know, in that and then that's what these tattoos are for, for a lot of people, that remembrance that they like, okay, you know what, it is there. I i am I am now, I found another foundation, right, where they were the foundation that we lost. But now our foundation in our never-ending love for them or remembering the good things of them is what the permanence of these tattoos brings to them. And it brings that foundation of, I know this is going to be here tomorrow. So even though, I mean, they might not be, but the memory of them will never leave yeah. me now. Because it's there, and that's just what the tattoos are.
0: When you approach tattoos, you know that are of of this significance, you know, with with your tattooing style. Um, what what kind of tattoos do you you typically do? How, how do you um, memorialize you know, a, a loved one? You know, I I don't think your style is the the realism aspect. You know, yeah, uh, <laughs> right. Yours is more, you know, symbolic. So how, how, you know, so say, say for me, and this is absolutely, you know, what what I'm going to do. I, I'm going to come to you and have you help me get to this point. Um, how how do you approach um, the the loss of someone, and and how do you bring that to to life in a tattoo?
1: Oh for me it, it's it's a million things it's it's first of all trying to understand that it's not like like death is going through with my dad it's not about me it's the selflessness, right So I'm trying to help understand these people and how this particular person, whether it be a, an animal whether it be a loved one, whatever whatever it is that they've lost that that um, what it meant to them. And, and how deep, and I'm sure we know it, but everybody has different depths of love, you know, they've had with, with different things and how, and some people have symbols. Some people have things that remind them. I have a guy, a, a good friend of mine um, who lost his son and his son would always play with this little, little, um, it looks like a little shark head, but it has a handle that you can squeeze it. And then the shark's mouth opens and closes. And okay. so it was a symbol of when his son was going through his leukemia treatment that it was, became a big bond between him and his son. So I would tattoo a symbol like that with my Polynesian designs to it and stuff, my other things that would, would lay that in. And then for all the other patterns, I would lay more patterns of growth. Um, you know, like a plant, you know, when a hurricane blows by, it rips the plant out of the ground, but the roots are still there. Just like our, us and when we have our love, the roots are there just we might not have that plant that's there but it takes time for that to grow back you know what i mean so I. Yeah, that's
0: that's great symbolism the, the roots are still there and eventually you know even though we we've had our the, the branches and the the tree itself pulled from us you know, we'll, right it'll grow back
1: yeah it'll grow back so all i do is symbolize that growth a little bit i always say expedite it a little bit by showing yeah. a the growth of these these plants and flowers. And that's how I explain it to my customers. This is the growth that you have to go through, the growth of everything to move forward, that we lose someone and something in our life that we love. And this is the symbol of that growth that comes from it. You know, you got it ripped out from the ground, but the roots are there and these are going to grow. So the plants, I use a lot of laohala, like different types of weave patterns to show the strength to pull things together, you know, because sometimes it seems that when we have our loved ones, we, we lose it, and things that we lose in life, that we become unraveled. You know, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, we just become unravelled. So, certain things like that are symbols that can remind us to say, okay, we need to hold it together. You know, like saying selflessness about you know for that that loved one that that we lost. It's just that I need to hold it together for them, not for me. You know what I mean? It's for them. So it's a big thing too. So I use a lot of different symbols.
0: So I, that actually brings up a, a question. You know, so I, I know that. Polynesian culture has unique ways of looking at things what what what's the Polynesian take on death?
1: uh well we just they go into another another realm and then uh, a lot of times it's like uh the Indians little reincarnation where they come back in um, other plants, animals and a part of just a spiritual where we're we're really big with the uh, the land the I know we call it and so everything is just like a circle. it's like a process of life, right your energy is just an energy. And as your energy depletes and it's like it's like putting like a, a battery into one toy and that toy just no longer there. But you can take that battery, which is your energy, your source, your power, your soul in life, and we can put it in another toy and make somebody else happy, you know. So our spirits travel through life and we're constantly around each other, and those spirits just move in a cycle of life and kind of thing. So we honor that.
0: Yeah. I mean that that's the honoring of one, you know, the, the idea that they can still be there in another form that, that there's, there's a piece in that, uh, that, that's, that's a certain way of looking at it, that they're not gone, that they'll, they'll still be there. You know, I, I know that in, in, in Judaism, there's their loved ones are in, you know, a, a special place and, Someday you'll be reunited. Um, Right. You know, something that it, it brings, you know, more tears to my eyes, but my, my mother's father, my grandfather, on my mother's side, um, he's really the one that started the animal love. You know, it it came from him and passed to my mom and my mom passed it to us. Um, Mm. And, I I am um, I'm hopeful that that he's taking care of 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 my boy. That he's he's there watching over him. Um, yes, and. You know that that brings me some peace, you know, that that my grandfather who loves animals is there with mine and taking care of them. You know, that that's that's something I, I hope for and and believe and that helps me, you know it's it's helping me i should say um you know i i have a picture of my grandfather and i every time i see it i i ask him to watch over him. um and you know that that that's helped me some um you know it it's all it's all very very new to me you know the the grieving process You know, it's, it's something that I've never experienced before. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I know that this isn't going to be it. And I I can, I can avoid it by, and I guess you could avoid it by never having loved ones in your life, you know, not, not having friends, family, or anyone, then you'll never have the grieving process because you'll, you'll have nothing to grieve over but you'll also not have joy. You you won't have joy of life, joy of friends, joy of family. And that kind of puts it in perspective that that's, that's what you're, you're doing this for, you know, that the the passing of them is just a a part of, part of the, 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 the joy that is life. And that's, that's what I, I, I hope, the the this episode you know can can bring about that there's there's hope there's the 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 feelings that you feel are almost in direct relation to the joy that you felt that if if you didn't feel happiness with them then the 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 death wouldn't have been as 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 deep that it wouldn't have affected you this way if they didn't affect you in such a positive way um and i i I hope that 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 comes across you know we both get very emotional and you know the the pain is is can be just as as real for me you know, a, a week into it, or you, you know, uh, years and years later, that you know, this is always there. But so is the, the bright spot. So is the 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 light, the love that you had and should appreciate. And you know, I I, I hope that people can relate to this. That that somebody that you know, might be listening can say, you know, uh, I'm, Hey, I'm experiencing the same shit that right. you know, my, my life is, feels like it's falling apart, but you know, you're, you're right. This is, this is something we, we all experience and, and getting back to the, the stages of grief, you know, so it's, it's such an accepted phenomenon that somebody wrote a paper on it. it, it it's happened to, to so many people that it's it's an accepted scientific kind of thing so it's it's not just a one off this is what happens to the world they they all go through these these stages and knowing that you where where you're at there are there's always a light there's always hope and where you're at is not going to be where you stay and right that's that that's i i i want to remind people that there's no right or wrong way to grieve you know it's it's okay to take the time you need to heal you know healing from a loss it, it's a, a journey and it's okay to you know take it one step at a time um,
1: right and, and just remember that the pain pain is there pain pain comes we have to learn to share that because we, we don't want to fight these things alone. You know, it's too deep into that space where we isolate everybody and everything so much that we can't climb out. We dig this hole of, uh, you know, emotions. Just remember that people out there, they love you, that they want to this with you and only only as a village like we say in islands only as a village do we survive these things so talking to people and, and, and just expressing it maybe i mean if, even if it means talking to another animal you know what i mean or like well my similar to what you were just saying like um my dad died and our pit bull that we had was my mom's soundboard she talked to that dog every day about her missing my dad and all the stuff like that and then a year later the dog died and um oh. My, my mom, I, my funny story. Sorry, before we get to, I don't, we're getting to the deep, but, um.
0: No, we, we, I, we need light. We need light. Yeah. So, so bring, bring a funny story.
1: <laughs> so, um, my sister called me and she told me, you know, like Kanax died. I was our, our, it was literally my son. I got in when he was like seven weeks old and, um, he usually stayed with us for 11 years. Um, as I traveled with my tattooing, he became my mom and dad's dog you know they they the elders were they they've got their empty nesters right all their kids were gra- were graduated had families and kids they're gone so mom and dad needed somebody so they had my the dogs so as i started traveling they became what my mom and dad thought well um it got to the point where when my dad died at home on the bed like everybody said their goodbyes And the dog was laying on the ground and my mom looked at him and she was like, you can do it now. And he jumped on the bed where my dad was, my dad's dead body. And he just licked my dad's face. And you can tell he just felt the loss of my dad, right? So fast forward, the dog died a year after. My sister calls me, says, "Um, by the way, Kanax died. Um, You might want to call mom because she's taking it pretty hard. You know, dad died a year ago and then now he died. So I called my mom and I was like, hi, mom. And she was like, Hi. And you could tell she was crying, you know. Right. I was like, right. Mom, are are you okay? She was like, I'm I'm okay. And I was like, is everything you sure you're all right? She was like, you know, it's your father. And I was like, like, what happened? She was like, your dad took the fucking dog. Your dad took <laughs> the goddamn dog. He knew the only thing I had left was that fucking dog. And your dad took the dog from me because he wants the dog up there with him. She goes, I knew your dad would do this to me. Your dad just does these things. <laughs> I <was just> like,
0: <laughs> so my
1: mom was like, so like you I used to say you you, your grandpa, everybody said, Take care of the cat. Like, like, like he's over there hanging out with my with your dad because he knows he was always hanging out with your dad. So see, I mean, she has the peace to know that our dog is up there with my dad. You know what I mean? But that's just, great. You know, your dad took my relief. He took my this is all I had left with the dog, and he took it, and we just we crack up to Oh my god mom dad did not come back and take the dog from you it's just it was just one of those unfortunate things but i guess in in the thing like how you were saying end, i guess if i could say anything um i watched that the movie the, the last lord of the rings was like the battle of the five armies and they had that uh one of the one of the dwarfs or that uh, uh, ended up uh, falling in love with the elvish girl and um when he died, she was crying so hard. She says, "Why does it hurt so much?" And the other guy said, "It's because it was real. So just remember that all the pain that we have for the love that we've lost, it hurts so much because it was real. The love was real. The connection was real. Everything was real. so if if we all go through anything in life, the one thing that we need to remember is that it was real. It was real, not the, not the, I don't know what is this, what is that or the loss of it or anything. It's just like, you know what? It was real. And that's why it hurts so much. And like you said, we'll go through those griefs and everything like that. And eventually, hopefully time will pass. We will heal in our hearts and then be capable of hopefully loving again, you know?
0: Yeah, man. So this this was a, a tough one. You know, it, it, it's it, it's one that, that I think was very important. And you know, and yeah. it, it 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 helps to to get a lot of this off my chest. And you know I I thank you for for being there for me. And, and you know I, I I want people to know that you know if if you know you, you see this at the end of uh, at the end of television shows where where there was someone that that died or that there was tremendous grief, they give that that line at the end. If you or someone you know is struggling you know with grief please know that you're not alone and support is available and i i want that to be, to come across the yes you you're not alone you're definitely not alone and there are people that are around you that care for you and that'll be there for you and your pain is their pain um, but Yes. they're they're willing to share it with you um, and I know that we we've ended a lot of episodes with you know uh, something from your grandmother. Did did she have any any great lines about about dealing with death?
1: You know, it's, I I never talked to my grandmother about death. That was one thing. I think my grandmother always pushed life. And I guess if there's anything that we can do in lieu or in side of understanding and seeing death, is to remember the life. That we appreciate that we had with those loved ones to remember the times, and that we are here. That it isn't our time yet. So, because it's not our time, that it's it's our our duty now to spread love to other people who have who need that love. And I think that's a big thing for me.
0: Yeah, and that that's that's a, a phrase in the 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 people that I, I associate with the people that are, are my friends, and, and the line is it's not always on our time, right? So you know that that's that's true it's not always on our time and it's it's not always the way we want it you know, but but it happens and you you feel the pain you go through the pain and you get to the other side and that's that that that's how i, I kind of want to end this so um Thank you again. You know, I, I love you, man. Um, you know, I I, I want everyone to know and, and this this time it, it needs to to ring true. It, it need this is this is definitely from the heart, much love.
1: Much love. Love you, buddy.
0: Love you too, man.